0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional
1: sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Going well. Good to be back, Graham. Excellent to see you again, Happy sir. Happy New Year. In this, our new year, 2019. 2019. Year of our Lord. <laughs> Who's our Lord? Dan Quinn? I don't know. <laughs> We, uh, Graham and I just spent about 30 minutes of uh, tech time. We, yeah. we, we've really upped our game here in we have, 2019. We have two microphones now. Yeah, thanks to watch, user, watch out, world. user Hugo, who is tired of constantly having to turn us down. Well, turn us all the way up and yeah. still not hear us. Right. Um, and who was our other user that had sound
0: complaints? Uh, real user, Nick Reising, Reising. Can't remember how to pronounce his name, but... He had the same complaint. So, same complaint. so hopefully this will clear things up a little bit. Yep. two microphones, two men. Only took us a little under two years to uh, figure that one out.
1: So, if we had an intern worth a damn, yeah, that might that might help. Um, I think our current interns, John, Intern John, Intern Philly John.
0: Yeah, it only took um, a little over two years for Dan Quinn to realize that Sarkeesian isn't the right uh, the right play. So, I mean, I guess we're on the same level as Coach Quinn there.
1: So you're ready to dive into Falcons talk already? I think so I
0: think we have a lot of, um, a lot of things to talk about with the Falcons. Obviously, I think we are the talk of the town right now. While we were taking our little two week hiatus um, during the holidays, uh, it came down after the, the Falcons beat the Bucks that
1: Keith Armstrong, special teams coordinator, and Steve oh, Grant. Before we get into all the well, news, yeah. Uh, personal note. <laughs> Before we get into the thing that people
0: actually listen to the show for you, Well, this is related. All right. So,
1: uh, I took a trip to Philly, yeah, right? Right. For Christmas, which was a very good time. The biggest thing I noticed with their sports was we're driving out of the city. And as you're driving towards the airport, you see their basketball slash hockey arena. The terrible stadium that is... Uh, Citizens Bank, Citizens Bank Ballpark, right, and then the Eagles Stadium, yeah, all right next to each other. Must be nice. Yeah, all connected by a subway. Must be nice. It's very unfair, Graham. You want to know
0: something else that's depressing for us as well? It's the same way in Baltimore. You got you get off the little light rail, you got the Orioles, you know Camden Yards, and then like maybe two or three blocks away, it's like oh, there's M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah, it's all my stadiums right there. What are we gonna do? We, we got
1: the we got
0: we got we, we got State Farm and the Benz are next to each other, but of course Sun Trust is in the middle of fucking
1: nowhere. Well don't so. forget about Georgia State's standing oh, yeah. with Georgia our State Atlanta State Legions. League. Ted Turner. I well, uh, you can call them the Legions, the Legends. Legends. <laughs> <laughs> legions. Um Yeah, those Eagles fans are passionate though, Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there was just a, a complete nut job sitting next to me at the the bar when I was watching their Second to last game, just like he was just there by himself, losing his mind, and over just, every play, yeah, just driving everyone crazy. Was he like me
0: during that uh Eagles Falcons game at the beginning of the season? Like, he looked
1: like he was on the verge of breaking his pint glass in his hand. Wow, just so much anger over everything. I mean, even good at, plays, even good plays, but I mean, he seemed pretty sober. It was he like. He had a Hard Rock Cafe uniform on. I believe oh, he worked there, and he was just like there, blue either before or after work. I don't oh, know. Okay. But he was a he was an angry son of a bitch. Cool. Yeah, but exactly like you.
0: I would like this guy. Yeah. I still want to go to Philly? I think I'd yeah. fit in there, even though I hate all of their teams. One of these years,
1: we'll go to Braze game up there. Yeah, it'd be fun. All right, talk. Jump into your yeah. news shit.
0: Yeah. Boring stuff, right? We all want to hear about your misadventures in Philadelphia. And so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Falcons beat the Bucks. Uh, the next day, it was announced that Keith Armstrong, the special teams coordinator, had been released. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> Falcons beating the Bucks.
0: Fucking vaudeville over here. That
1: dropped us from seventh, picking seventh in the draft, to fourteenth in the draft. How do you feel about that, Graham?
0: Kind of sucks. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I mean, there's a big difference between a top ten pick and a top fifteen pick, although teams can still miss early and guys can slide. I mean, we've seen that plenty of times before. But just, you know, in your head, to put yourself in the best draft position, you would have preferred to have been seventh. That's not to say there isn't a good pick at 14, but
1: you kind of are like, eh. Like Matt Bryant would have definitely been my favorite kicker over Giorgio Tavecchio if he had just shanked that one. Yeah, he
0: hasn't had a better career or been, you know, had a lot of longevity or isn't like the 15th. Best score in NFL history
1: or anything like that. So,
0: okay. Georgia would have
1: missed that one for us, Graham.
0: I, you know, it's just it's tough to tell someone hey, go miss the field goal, or don't do the field goal. Dan Quinn actually had his best moment of clock management that whole game. We had like ball of like four minutes left, four and a half minutes or something. Drove down the field, were able to run the ball effectively, Used the clock well.
1: He almost forgot to call a timeout.
0: Oh yeah, the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: See that he should like Dan Quinn should have just let that run out be like oops, I guess we pick seventh. Sorry. <laughs> Although that he might have been fired.
0: Right. But that was actually one of the better uses of game clock management I've ever seen from Dan Quinn, which was kind of funny. Yeah. It seems like every time we need him to be smart there, he isn't. And when we don't need him to be, he is. Yeah. All right, I'll let you jump in here.
1: I won't interrupt this time, Graham. <laughs> All right. Go into your little script. It's not
0: even a script. I'm just talking, speaking from the heart here. <laughs> So after the Falcons beat the Bucks and dropped to the 14th position, after the Falcons beat the Bucks and dropped to the 14th position in this year's uh, upcoming NFL draft, Falcons released Keith Armstrong, the special teams coordinator, also fired Steve Sarkeesian, and then elected to not re-sign Marquand Manuel, the defensive coordinator. So all three coordinators are gone. That was the the, the first big news coming out of um, Flowery Branch on. Monday morning, so that was pretty wild. I was not expecting that. Keith Armstrong to me had always been like a tenured professor. You know, <laughs> he's been here since the Mike Smith era. Uh, and He also was part of the coaching staff, I think, in the '90s too for a little bit. He bounced around the league, mm-hmm. but so he's been with the Falcons off and on for you know for a long time. Um, the longest tenured coach we've probably ever had in any position. So I was I was surprised there, but I've, out of all the firings, I was the one I was happiest about. Special teams our last few seasons has looked discombobulated, bad coverage, poor decision making on whether or not to uh, receive a punt or not, and turned pro bowler Andre Roberts into a bum last year, and then subsequently went to the Jets and became the all-pro special teams kick returner of the year.
1: After being a pro bowler before coming to Atlanta. Right.
0: So I don't think that helped matters for Keith Armstrong, but it just seems like, I mean... You can't really put anything, you know, with Matt Bosher being a shitty kickoff guy or, you know, mediocre punter. You can't really put that on him, but... Hell of a hitter, though. Oh, yeah. You can talk about a hit well, sure. But um, and, and at the same time, you also can't take credit for him, you know, for, for Matt Bryant being a great kicker or Tavecchio coming in and doing well. It's like the kickers are going to do what the kickers do, but in terms of right. this schematically and in terms of like the coordination between and the communication between the guys on special teams. I haven't seen a lot over the last few years where I've been like, oh man, that was great coverage or good tackling guys or,
1: or I whatever. Like the coverage was a little better this year, but it, it's main doing it it's just the, the kickoff, like not no discipline from those returners. No yeah, right? it really is I think it does come. No when through. to call a fair catch, when to let it go. Yeah. It was when to maybe get more than possible decisions. Six yards on a punt return yeah
0: especially last season when it was like all right the ball's coming it's at the 12 let's let it go and then of course it rolls to the two yard line or you know if it's at the um five let's let's call a fair catch and catch it at the five for some reason it was like that seemed to happen so many times it didn't happen as much this year but it's still like just there was there's just nothing there for armstrong so i'm glad we're getting a a fresh voice, even though I did really enjoy his time, especially on Hard Knocks. I mean, that was entertaining as shit. Um, and I'm sure he has contributed a lot to the to the organization overall. But I'm glad we're getting a fresh voice there. So out of all the the um, the firings, that was the one I was happiest about.
1: Yeah, I, I agree because I can kind of make an argument on both sides for both Sarkeesian and uh, Manuel. Manuel. Yeah, but yeah, Armstrong. I mean, that's I mean, it's just the whole Andre Roberts thing to me. like, yeah, that's crazy. It is that he he takes a guy that clearly had talent, and then we get absolutely nothing out of him, and then immediately the next year he's a Pro Bowler. Right. Like, what what what's going on there, Coach? Yeah, that's a reflection on with that. the Jets. Right, with the Jets of all teams, one of the worst franchises in America.
0: Right. It's uh, it's pretty mind-boggling.
1: And then, so let's
0: let's talk about uh, Mark Juan. I thought of all the people that you can make uh, excuses for in terms of the injuries. I thought that was the one you could point to and say, "Okay, you had a top ten defense the year before. You lost a lot of key key starters for most of the season, if not all the season, with some guys like Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen. Um, you know, here's one more chance. You're also young. You know, you, you proved that you could put a top ten defense out there when guys are healthy. Here's one more shot. But I guess that wasn't enough." Uh, At the same time, I also was not very impressed with the schemes he was coming up with, the lack of blitz packages, the three-man rushes. Um, So you could point to a lot of issues this year beyond the injuries um, in terms of what he was coming up with schematically. It seemed like once we were at the playoffs, even though our defense was still giving up points, at least we were calling more blitzes to get more pressure on the quarterback, actually getting more sacks.
1: Which could have been Coach Quinn taking a bigger hand in the defense. It could have been. It could
0: have been. Um, definitely could have been, but so this one I'm a little torn on because there's a lot of times schematically this year I was like, "What the hell are we doing?" Um, but then I also was, you know, you always had to come back to the injuries to sort of balance itself out, and you would have liked to have seen Mark. I would have liked to have seen Mark Juan get one more chance, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I'm 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 really torn on this one.
1: I mean, my thoughts is if Coach Bro is the best D coordinator we have that and we have a I don't even know if we have a window anymore. That's a good question. But if we do, it is very closed and we don't have time to be messing around with like I mean just Manuel clearly like it was more than just the injuries. Yeah, like I mean the schematic some of the players that he was putting out there like Jordan Richards, for, keep going with him when he was clearly terrible, yeah. sticking with Duke Riley for too long. Right. Not where, like, I mean, Neesman showed up at the end of the year that could have been playing him earlier. Right.
0: And and not
1: adjusting. I
0: think that was one of the big things. One of the big Denskins manual was there was a lack of adjustments. He kept calling the defense like it was, he had all his guys out there that were, you know, supposed to be helpful, like Dion. And Keanu and those guys aren't there, or Ricardo. Yeah. And it's like you have to adjust your defense, and he was not able to do that until it was too little too late. And as you said, who know who knows how much Coach
1: Quinn had to do with that? Yeah. And a little like, boost of improvement we and saw. And the best we've seen with our defense was in two thousand sixteen, I think, when Coach Quinn took over. Yeah. So if he can do it, then go for it. And this holds him accountable. Right. Like now it's like I mean, it's kind of kinda sketchy that everyone's getting blame except Coach Quinn. Right. Firing everybody and well, and throw Dimitrov into that as well because these are his shitty players. I would, I would do his, that too. His lack of depth. I think
0: he put Mark, he left Marquand out to dry a little bit when we did not get, did not resign Clayborne. We did not resign Poe. He probably knew we were, we were going to lose one of those guys, but he had to have tried to resign one of them to me because his problem is he keeps trying to say, let's just resolve you know the defensive line in the draft to the point where it's like well, these young guys have no one to to learn from. Think about how big of an impact Dwight Freeney had on. Vic Beasley, or, or Adrian Claiborne on Tack McKinley last season. And it's like he just doesn't see that for some but reason. But these
1: guys should be developing at this point. They to where, should be. To where, and I mean, that's that's a manual issue as well, that they're yeah. not developing.
0: Right, but the defensive line was definitely not as talented as it was last year because of the loss of Claiborne and Poe. And you can put that on Dimitrov, I think. Yeah, Because we should have kept one of those guys at least. I would have preferred to have kept Poe just because it was nice having a big beefy guy to free up Grady Jarrett. Even though Grady had a great season this year, you know we saw how much that hurt, especially defending against the run mm-hmm. this season. So there is a lot of there's a lot to it, and it's kind of funny how Thomas keeps escaping with his job. I mean, you could you could you could have fired him when you fired Mike
1: Smith. Yeah, he's he, he's had plenty of bad drafts at this point. Yeah, so. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, so did you agree with the manual removal overall? I'm okay with it, yeah, yeah, like I mean, like I said, if Coach bro's our bestie coordinator let's let's get after it, and, as he said at the press conference, they are planning on bringing someone in to help him with his game management, which could be a win win for us
0: i I wonder about so, that, you know that was one thing that I was um really curious about when we. When he made the announcement that we were going to, um, <clears throat> when he made the announcement that we were going to get a clock manager and that we were making him defensive coordinator, it was like, to me, he's you know we've already admitted I, I think it actually puts him in a better position to succeed. Yeah. At the same time, it is kind of scary because he's going to be putting more time to the defense to the point where it's like, how much of a true head coach can he be? Is one line of thought because he has to be a coordinator as well at the same time. How much of a head coach was he before he wasn't the defensive coordinator? You know, so why not put him in the best position position to succeed? Be the rah rah guy for the whole team, but also just worry about the defense um, and then have someone cover his worst detriment, which we've seen time and time again. Is right, and, and I mean
1: that's just game, that's just game day stuff. I mean, being a head coach is so much more throughout the week, true. The preparation, the, the gen, yeah, the preparation, and yeah, just building that brotherhood right that Graham thinks is dead um but I mean yeah I think this game management thing's a great idea and I mean he wouldn't be the only guy that does it apparently Josh McDaniels has a guy like that because he's so worried on the offense Josh McDaniels not Josh McDaniels apparently Sean McVeigh. apparently Sean McVay has one because he's because <laughs> he's so focused <laughs> on the offense right. and I mean, he won't be the only, like Kyle Shanahan's his own offensive coordinator, so right. It's not like he's the. It's only, not unprecedented. It's, he's yeah, he's not the only guy that's done this, and he he did it well. in the only season we went to the Super Bowl, so. right,
0: right. At least in his era. Um, and so that brings
1: us to Sark, and
0: I think, um, his firing, puts a hell of an onus on whoever, um, comes in as the offensive coordinator, as well as puts you know a lot of a lot more responsibility probably on whoever is going to be the next offensive coordinator in the sense that you got to bring someone in here who's really experienced because Quinn's you know input on the offense I don't even know how much there was but it's going to be virtually gone now so the offensive coordinator is going to be like far more important than just your normal OC I think
1: yeah and I mean this is also probably hopefully the last offensive coordinator of Matt Ryan's career I don't think you can say that just because I and mean, he's going to be 35. It depends on who you... I mean, Matt's...
0: Matt's probably going to play until he's 40, God willing. I like to think. He's going to follow in the footsteps of Brady and Breeze regardless of what any of you losers think out there. Matt is a top-ten quarterback in this league. He had an amazing season. 35 touchdowns, over 5,000 yards passing, seven picks. What, what, what the fuck do you want? All right? This guy is durable. He's a great quarterback. He's going to be here for a long time. And... Um so yeah, I think he's But you but want this to be the last offense. I would like it to be, but I just don't cuz the coaching changes in the NFL are always fluid. Offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, these guys are always trying to gun always trying to gun for yeah, a you gotta, coaching position.
1: Yeah, you got Yeah, it'd be nice to find a guy who doesn't have any maybe aspirations. Maybe has been a head coach already and doesn't have the aspirations.
0: Well, that's that's the thing that I really like. Um, you know, we've been linked to a lot of uh, candidates. One of them is Gary Kubiak. Who has been a head coach? Who he has won multiple? He has won four Super Bowls, some of which as a coordinator. He's worked with Steve Young. He's worked with Peyton Manning. He actually, I read, taught Kyle Shanahan the offense that I, that he instilled. I know we've fouls. been
1: linked to him, but there's no talks of interviewing no, him. No, and he's we'll got get, he's okay. got a deal going in Denver already, where right. he's like an assistant, and he could be in line right. to be a coach there. I mean, and his family lives there. Right. And the reason that he stepped
0: down in Denver is he had some health issues, so he's been in a much more reserved role. More family time, less football time. So who knows if he even wants that. I just know it's a rumor. We'll get to the other people we're interviewing.
1: but yeah. It's is a good it like point. actual health issues or like Urban Meyer health issues? I don't know. I don't know.
0: But uh, he has been away from the game for a few years in terms of being on the field. But that is a great offensive mind. And that's someone I would love to, to bring
1: in here if possible. Yeah, I think that would be most everyone's number one. Yeah. What do you think about Sark leaving? Though? I mean, he, we knew he was kind of dead man walking. But, so here's my thing with Sark. Yep. I thought that he, like at times the offense looked great. Um, but he just didn't run the ball enough. Like, How te, much? to have Tevin Coleman average like 12 rushes a game hmm. in his last year with us, um, when we have, when we A, need to keep the defense off the field more, and B, just have so many issues on that side of the ball. Like, I mean, they, it just seems crazy to me. And, like, all of our success last year, like in the playoff game, we were running the damn ball, and he got away from that this year again. Plus, there were games this year that we lost because of our offense, which should not have happened with our defense being as shitty as it was.
0: How much do you think that's on the offensive line, though? True. So, yeah, I have to consider that's that. That's the other argument. I think with the passing game, it was pretty good this year. I mean, Julio had an outstanding season. Guy in the end zone eight times, sixteen hundred plus receiving yards. As we already mentioned, Matt's great numbers this year. Calvin Ridley had ten touchdowns as a rookie. He had a wall a little bit and had some you know growth issues at times, but you saw the potential there. Um, and he was kind of his hand was forced to throw the ball more than he probably would have liked to. At the same time, when Devontae and Tevin were healthy this year, uh, Devonte he ever healthy? Well, he played in like three games or something, but he's still. And even when he wasn't, he still could not find the balance between using running backs, whether it be Ito and Coleman, Hill and Coleman, whatever. It didn't matter.
1: It was and like and other teams know how to do it,
0: right? And he could never find that balance, and none of those guys could ever get a real rhythm, right? So that to me is one of Sark's biggest issues. Regardless of if we, you know, the offensive line sucks or not, it's like he doesn't know how to balance out utilizing multiple running backs in a way that Shanahan did, or being more creative in that respect which was one of my biggest frustrations with, with Stark. Also, not being able to get first downs when you only need one one or two yards is just absurd. I don't understand why we couldn't do that. Even if the offensive line is like the worst in the league. It's like, can we figure out a way to get one fucking yard other than having to go to that gimmick Sanu wildcat formation? So that, that was frustrating. I think this was probably the right move. At the same time, you have to wonder if – during that period of time, when the offense, especially the passing offense, was just point up ridiculous, we were averaging like thirty points a game or whatever. You know, you have to think about it. if we could have won that Bengals game, we could have won that Saints game, or that Cowboys game. Brands. We're in the playoffs. No one's getting fired. It's just it comes down to just a game of fucking Couple games. Yeah. It's incredible to think about the alternative if we would have won for those,
1: those three games. It's like to to me, like this weekend as well. It's like. Such an exciting weekend, like your team wild card weekend oh, with, yeah. with your team playing, mm-hmm. just so much possibility. You got the right. national championship game on Monday as well. And it's just like, oh, what could have been? And just listen to sports talk all year and we would have been talking about playing the Bears or whoever. Right. But instead we're talking about Keith Armstrong and Right. Sarkeesian. Sark. <laughs> it's pretty depressing. God, I'm going to kind of miss hearing you say Sarkisian, though, and just, like, with disgusting right, voice. Disdain, yeah disdain, yeah.
0: Oh, well. I think, uh, yeah, speaking of the offense now, so... Cougar I can ex- always listen to old episodes. They sure, they're, yeah. all, they're all up there on SoundCloud and <laughs> yeah. yeah. iTunes. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about the candidates that have been mentioned. Um, one is uh, a horrible choice, who well, has already been interviewed, former Falcons coordinator Mike Malarkey who was the first coordinator Matt Ryan had, uh, whose offensive philosophy to me does not coincide with the the, uh, current day NFL. So I really, really don't want him bringing his two and three tight end sets here to Atlanta. Well,
1: what if they were interviewing him for the game clock manager?
0: I don't know anything about – he was the head coach of Tennessee. He did win a playoff game last year.
1: Just last year he was?
0: Yeah. I I think he's been there for like two or three years. I don't know. He just got released.
1: We're gonna look that up.
0: Go ahead. I don't know about his game management style. I I do know that during his time here, he was very obstinate, very very uh, unwilling to change, very unwilling to incorporate new wrinkles into his offense. That's one reason why he was removed from his position. I know. I think he got a job as well. Um,
1: You're right. Yeah, he was head coach till 2018.
0: Yep. I I know he got a job, and that's why he left the Falcons initially. I think. I can't. Yeah, remember. he went to the Bills. Went to the Bills. Yeah, Cutter. Uh, came in after that and he's also been interviewed let's let's just can we both agree that we do not want mike Mullarkey coming back and under it yeah i can i can agree with that yeah i just do not want that that style of play coming here um dirt cutter interviews today um today that we're recording this is uh january 5th he apparently flew in last night interviewed today the former tampa bay bucks head coach who's and before that was the falcons offensive coordinator he was the coordinator when we went to the NFC Championship game against San Francisco, the 2012-2013 season. Matt Ryan really started to flourish under his tutelage and put up um, some of his best numbers of, a career, of his career before the MVP season. Um, so I'm not opposed
1: to that. Uh, you say that, but I saw where he actually had his worst seasons under Cutter than any other, statistically, than any other coordinator.
0: Even the even the Sarkier line. Are you just talking about collectively?
1: Collectively. Interesting. Yeah. Like put up the worst the the worst numbers. Interesting. Yeah, undercutter. Did have some good seasons though with them too. Yeah. I mean it was a very different team, obviously. Yeah, it was. It was like very different philosophy. Mike Jenkins, Michael Turner. Michael Turner. I miss I miss Michael, Michael Turner Michael
0: He's the reason why Matt Ryan was able to develop into a great quarterback. Just old dependable.
1: Yeah. Steamroll
0: for a Hundred yards every game. Um, so I'm not opposed to that. I, I do kind of feel like it's a little.
1: It would be okay.
0: Yeah. It, it it's it's retreading, and it's I'm not. In, I'm, yeah. What? I, I'm against. I don't know. Bringing back guys just because they're familiar with.
1: Yeah. What are we gonna Dan interview? Ryan? I don't know. Dan Reeves now because right, he just, was an ex coach. Yeah. Like it's just sort of like Smitty time.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I don't. Cutter comes from that Mike Smith feeling, I don't want to bring that back. I don't want to bring that feeling back of just mediocrity and hopelessness. Um, which maybe we're already in, I don't know, but and maybe that's unfair to him. But uh, he does run a different offense than the Shanahan offense. And something that Dan Quinn said that's really interesting is that he wants the coordinator to run the Shanahan offense. He doesn't want the coordinator to come in and put his stamp on you know how we're gonna run the offense, which is exactly what we did with Sark. Now, it's a little different because Sark had never called plays in the NFL before, but it is kind of the same strategy that could set us up for failure with a new coordinator, just to say, hey, you have to run this. Right. Fuck what you think. Yeah. You know, and that is dangerous
1: to me. You think we win the Super Bowl last year if Shanahan had stayed for one more season?
0: Yeah. With that defense especially being a top-ten defense?
1: That bastard.
0: Shanahan just come back one year, finish what he started. I don't know how you run after that. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe he made the right decision. How do you not run after being such an idiot? I don't know. Right. It's uh, it's pretty insane. The last guy that we're inter- I don't know if he's been interviewed, but he but at least we know for a fact that interview at least he's either has happened or is going to happen is Darren Bevel, who was the Seattle offensive coordinator during their Super Bowl run. He is also the same man that called the play at the one yard line against the Patriots, not to give the ball to Marshawn Lynch to win the game, um, solely based on that. And this might be unfair. I do not want him coming here.
1: That That's very Shanahan of him, though. So It is. So maybe he could be our Shanahan. Like, he just needs a second chance. Yeah, and I'm not really familiar too familiar with how Seattle
0: runs their offense. I don't know if it's familiar yeah, I don't know to sure. the, well, uh, the Shanahan style of play. But I don't want him solely based on that one decision. That is so – that is – I don't know if that's – I think that's stupider than what Shanahan did, arguably. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, that's pretty – Freaking straightforward Both of them were straightforward But that is mm. As straightforward as it gets You have literally The best running back In football at the time You're at the one yard line Why not give it to him It's just
1: Asinine Stupid um, So I don't want to solely based on that Yeah he doesn't get me Very excited I mean Kubiak's the only guy That I would just be like Hell yes Yeah Kubiak Can't even come in For an interview Dirt Simon in dodd one. Dirt cutter Yeah Okay Blevins Bevel fine yeah, I'll never pronounce his name. You, you right. know, pronounce his name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. Um,
0: apparently, it's something they don't want to let linger, and they want to just they kind of want to get the, it over with.
1: No, they said they're not in a rush. Oh, did they? Yeah, because no. Coach Bro also said that they're also looking at some guys that are still in the playoffs currently. So I, I don't know who the hell that could be, but. I mean there's no reason to rush it right you got plenty of time to figure it out i guess um don't have to worry about a defensive coordinator you're saving some money there yeah unless coach bros paying himself more to do that i wonder if he's getting more money from that i i don't think so that'd be kind of messed up yeah we're already paying two kickers
0: right um So One other thing that came up in the press conference was um, Thomas talking about getting an extension done with Grady Jarrett, getting an extension done with Julio Jones. Grady Jarrett's a top priority because his contract is...
1: So we need to address your freak out over Grady Jarrett a couple weeks ago. Yeah, let's do that.
0: Okay, so (laughs) I was coming over here on my way over here, and um, I heard on the radio... I blame Dave Archer for this. He's like, yeah, I was talking to People in Grady's camp. I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like looks like you know might not be able to get him back, and so everybody freaked out. And, and what did I tell you, Graham? You told me not to freak out. Yeah, pretty much. And then Dave Archer came out a couple days later and says so like, "Yeah, I was a little misinformed. Sorry,
1: sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and
0: uh, yeah. And then of
1: course now it's their top priority. Now
0: it's their top priority. So I think I just need to stop uh, knee jerk reacting to stuff. I was also especially stuff like that
1: you hear from reporters and not out of somebody's yeah. mouth that yeah. is in charge.
0: That's fair. That's fair.
1: Um, like on here, people people would hear that we're hiring Blevins, the like reliever from the Phillies back in the early two thousand, as yeah. to be our offensive coordinator. You'd freak out. Yeah.
0: So hopefully they get that Grady Jarrett deal done. It has to be done. I think if you lose him. Might as well just forget about even trying to contend for even a playoff spot next year.
1: Oh, you can use that Vic Beasley money to pay for Great Jerry. Yeah,
0: and I heard they also said that they're trying to restructure Vic's deal potentially, and that they might try to restructure a lot of deals. And I think there's going to be a lot of big changes coming personnel wise. I think Brooks Reed is gone.
1: How is he still here? I don't know. Derek is Selfies. he the new Eric Weems?
0: Yeah, or the new Croyd uh, Bierman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think Brooks Reed is gone. Shelby's going to be gone. Robert Alfred's going to get cut. You know, you're going to have a different looking team next season. Um,
1: Did you see those numbers that were put out with uh, Pro Football Focus on cornerback ratings mm -mm. in the NFL? And um, Trufant was bad, but not as terrible as we thought he was, and he was ranked like the 30th quarterback. Terrible. Not what we're paying him for. Yeah, but Alfred was like one twenty five. Right. Yeah, he's
0: like the worst corner in the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> which he, doesn't make sense. No.
1: How do, how does he regress so much?
0: It, it is wild. It's not like he's an old man or anything.
1: No. But should be in his prime.
0: Yeah. And like I said, he started out the season looking really good. Like in that Eagles game, he was running stride for stride receivers, knocking down balls, not getting pass interference. And then after that, it was just all downhill.
1: Our old innocent, our innocent days watching that Eagles game. Yeah. Super Bowl or bust. Super Bowl or bust. We busted, Graham. Busted big time. So, uh, any other general thoughts on the Falcons? General thoughts,
0: huh? What do you think? You know, anything on the draft? Anything? Uh, Just how do you feel? For the love of
1: God, draft an offensive lineman. Yeah,
0: draft offensive lineman. Draft defense. No lineman.
1: skill players. No. Like I don't, I don't. I'd, I'd still like to. I mean, I don't know. I guess we can't really cut Devontae with Tevin no, being gone. You can't cut Devonte. You gotta hope. better. That'd be too much dead cat money he has to come back healthy yeah and hopefully
0: you know getting most of the season off he can you know maybe he can do that i don't know
1: him and ito and old oh, what's his face brian hill kind of looked brian hill looked all right playable so
0: we'll see what happens there i agree with that and i think this really puts a lot of this is dan quinn's last hurrah if we do not make the playoffs next year he's gone and i think him i think it, it reflects Would you think if you're at a company and, and your boss fires like three people under him directly under him that's got to look pretty bad on the boss that means things are not working and he systematically
1: made, made some bad hires right he made
0: some bad hires and that reflects poorly on him so Dan Quinn denied being on the hot seat during the press conference you bet your ass he is because if he if this happens again next year it is done it is over with
1: yeah I...
0: and he it's a ballsy move for him to say I'm going to be the defensive coordinator I think because now that puts even more responsibility on his shoulders. He can't blame a Marquand man or anyone else he brings right. in. He would have brought in for defensive coordinator. He's, it's all on him. He's fully accountable. It's which... all on him. More so than it's ever been.
1: No, I agree. I think if we miss the playoffs, he's out. I think if he gets in and we don't. Win the I, Super Bowl, he'd, yeah. He'd, he'd he'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Arthur Blank clearly likes
0: the guy a lot. Yeah. So I think I think this is, this is it. And it's going to be really interesting to see if we can bounce back. Because I think this team has a lot of holes in it, and Thomas Dimitrov's going to have to be very creative in how he addresses those holes, particularly on the offensive line. Is he going to keep doing the scrap heap bullshit stuff he's been doing for his whole freaking career, or is he actually going to pony up and say, I'm going to spend a top draft pick on an on, on offensive line that we desperately need? He's only done that twice that I can remember, or three times. Sam Baker, who was a bust, pretty much. He had, like, one good season.
1: Sam Baker? Oh, you're, uh, Dimitrov. Yeah. Yeah. Jake
0: Matthews, who is who's fine. Um and then Peter Cines, who sucks and is out of the league <laughs> yeah. now. second round pick
1: is supposed yeah. to take over for the great Tom McClure. Yeah, you can't you can't miss like that. So But at fourteen you should be able to get a more than capable offensive lineman.
0: I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I don't know. Um we'll have to see. I swear to God, if he waits to like the fourth round, fifth round, to start drafting guys, then you know that are on the offensive line or on the trenches, then
1: we're we're gonna be in trouble. What, what if a what if a great wide receiver is there at fourteen?
0: Fuck that. <laughs> the last thing we need is another wide receiver. I think you also got to make a big decision on muhammad Sanu. you bring him back? Because um, to really to, 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 the the depth on this team is bad. Is this contract up? No, but you can cut him and get hardly anything. It's a dead cap. Oh, um, I don't think you want to do that. I think he has one more year left. Yeah.
1: Let them ride it out.
0: Yeah, I'd be fine with that. But um, but you have to start thinking of creative ways to create more cap space. You know, Robert Alford, Brooks Regan, where those guys create some cap space. So new as a candidate to create more cap space. Do you do that? I would rather not. But if it means bringing in, you know, you have more potential to bring in somebody who can help out at guard. You save $4,
1: four million by not paying Matt Schaub. Right. You're going to have to get, a, a, get a different...
0: Backup quarterback. And that's also something that I was really surprised that Dan Quinn said. He was like, Yeah, center and uh, tackle where Jake Matthews plays were good. Everything else is, is up for discussion. We got to scrub it clean, I think, is what he said, which says to me that everyone else is getting cut there, which I'm fine with. Schrader is awful. Schweitzer is awful. Garland is awful. Zane Beatles is terrible. Tyson Breo is also terrible. Um, they're all bad on different levels of being bad, but none of them are very good. So Fusco might be gone too. I mean, he was mediocre, but I mean, like... He was all right. Yeah. Levitre is the one guy that I'd be willing to try and bring back again, but I just don't think he can stay healthy. He's only played like, I don't know, 15 games in two seasons or something like that. So how,
1: how would you sum up this year in one word, Graham, that's that's not... That's uh, family-friendly? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, depressing the hopes were sky high especially coming back and thinking the offense can get back on the right foot and the defense is going to be just is going to be even better there's no excuse for us not to be a Super Bowl contender um, and then there are a lot of things that are out of our control that happened that was that were depressing and then how we reacted to that was equally depressing and the, the play on the field was was bad for a lot of the year both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, it certainly wasn't an enjoyable year.
0: Yeah, the only people that you could really get excited right. about were Grady Jarrett and Matt Ryan. Did we have Jones, any like Calvin Ridley.
1: fun moments watching Falcons games this year? Like, all I f-
0: had fun watching that Redskins game. That that, was a that's thorough, about it. That was a thorough beatdown. I was like, Jesus, I guess we're trying to get back into this. Like, thing. every
1: one of our wins were.
0: I was severely hungover from the Bob Dylan show the night before, but I was sitting there watching it and be like, I didn't say anything because I was like. That was like, the one Julio got his first touchdown, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was like the only feel-good game. Everyone else was like, oh, man, we almost blew that. Or, like, way too close over a shitty opponent. Yeah, or, oh, my God, how could we have lost that in the last second? Or, why are we winning now Yeah, when we're already out of the playoffs? Right. Or, why can't we tackle Drew Brees? I want a top-five pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it was depressing. Yeah. Overall. And the depression turned to Apathy. Like those last couple games I watched, I was just sitting
1: there. I had no feeling. It was just an obligation. It was an obligation. I had to watch. Yeah, it was like work. Right. We're, we're to that awkward stage in the sports calendar where our football team sucked. So there's no NFL playoffs to talk about. Nope. Obviously, we're not going to touch on the actual NFL playoffs because that has nothing to do with Atlanta professional sports. Right. Which, as you know, we're a podcast that strictly discusses Atlanta's professional sports. So we have to move on, Graham. What is there to move on to? Right. Just aren't doing well, know, I, was think, I was thinking I'd just be depressed, but... All right, yeah, be depressed. But, no, but, uh, but I'm not. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, I mean we've got this whole Falcons coach search going on yeah. that I'm kind of interested in. Um, and, I mean, baseball offseason has to take off here in the next couple of weeks. We lost out on,
0: uh, I don't know if he's ever real a Target, but Dave Robertson got signed by the Phillies. So that, that kind of hurts the Yankees, uh,
1: late inning guy, real flamethrower. Flame thrower. We have been obviously, there's all rumors, but I think Kimberl is becoming a little bit more of a realistic possibility. I heard the
0: market on him is really cold right now. He wanted, what, six years, 100 million? Yeah. No one's
1: willing to pay him that. If he would go to the, like three and 60, it's still a lot uh, to pay a closer. Three and 50, I'd be more willing you'd, to talk at that you'd, point. You'd bite on that, maybe. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's no really new rumors that we haven't already discussed. No. But something's got to happen here. Well, I think the
0: baseball world is still waiting for the Manny Machado, Rice Harper, dominoes to fall. And until they do, it's kind of like sort of – But it's weird because it's like the Braves have said that they're not trying to do free agency. really fill a lot of holes in free agency. They they, they kind of have already done their free agent tour, you would think, with uh, Josh Donaldson and and McCann. So – I'm kind of frustrated that we haven't been able to get a deal done for an
1: outfielder at this point. Not free agent, but a trade. Yeah, I'm still team Castellanos. Yeah, I think – Slide him into that four hole behind behind Freddie. See how the defense comes. See what happens. Um,
0: yeah, and then, like we talked about, you hope Acuna or Ender can get there and uh, compensate a little bit for his defense if, if we were to – get him. But yeah, you gotta think he's gotta be readily available and wouldn't cost an arm and a leg like Haniger out of Seattle would be who we've been linked to numerous times.
1: Yeah, you could get him for some mid range prospects, which has been a lot of the deals that Anthopolis has made so far. Yeah. And maybe Duvall being the exception, although who knows he could come back this year to be no, I don't, a decent piece off the bench. really I don't even know if I want him well, you got him, Graham. Although he's he's got to show something in spring he's training. A damn liability! He did nothing last year. Yes. On either side. That ball. is last year. Yeah. Have you heard of comeback players before, Graham? Not comeback with, seasons. Not with the Braves. If you have one shitty season, you're shitty for life. I guarantee of you, we
0: cut him. He goes and hits 2500 runs with some other loser team. But with us, he's only he's going to hit like two, make
1: eight errors in the field, and have an on base percentage of 127. Well, that's just a pessimistic look. That's how it fucking works. This is this is 2019, games. Graham. We we need to be more optimistic. Okay. <laughs> You're not
0: buying that? No, it's part of the Atlanta sports culture. Minus United, um, we're just a cursed bunch. I tried to watch the Hawks game last night, and it was. uh well, I was doing some work, and it was horrible. I was actually like, like mm-hmm. no one did anything in what I watched. I only watched like the first half, but we were down to, like. 25, 30 points at halftime.
1: I was actually like somewhat excited about watching that because I was like, oh, we're playing the Bucs. Yeah. and uh, Holzer returned to his own team. I was, like, I was like, let's see what these guys got. Maybe they'll show out. And then I was like finishing up a show and turned it on and we're down like 30 after yeah. like 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm was, like, okay, awesome. I guess I... I started watching
0: when it came on and I was like, All right, John Collins doing nothing. Trey Young taking threes from 40 feet out, bricking it. What the hell is going on here? Like no one did anything in that game last night. I mean, maybe they did in the second half, but I didn't watch the second half.
1: Yeah, the, the, I mean, I don't think we've talked. I mean, the Hawks had a five-game winning streak, or they had won five of six. I mean, they, like they've yeah. been playing better. Yeah, John
0: Collins has been playing on his mind still. He's just like every night's double double. But double, I mean, double. those bucks, those bucks are just bucks are for real. Bucks are good.
1: Yeah, the are system that we all know how great it can be, and now he's got a superstar. They got a superstar.
0: Yeah. So.
1: I saw a um, just a a single video of just an Al Horford, like st- standing out by the three, just doing oh. the pump, doing the pump fake into the lane, backing a guy down, and then just a sweet little <laughs> little uh, shimmy arc, yeah. just pure. I was like, damn it, I miss Al.
0: No, in Boston, yeah.
1: And we got nothing for him, Graham.
0: Nothing for him or Millsap.
1: Was that 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 was pretty schlank, right? Yes. That was Bud. Damn it, bud.
0: I don't know what he's thinking there.
1: Then he goes and quits on us, but like Bobby Petrino.
0: Nah, I was a little different. I still have respect for Bull Moser. He didn't quit. I mean, I think it was amicable Parting of the uh, of the relationship. It's not about there. that rebuild life. Well, it's also he got his his vice president basketball operations duty stripped from him. That, that's fucking awkward. You know, mm-hmm. he wants that and not to have that. And then having to come back and coach still, but not have control of the personnel that you thought you did is, is frustrating. But at the same time, he he or he you know he deserved to get stripped of that. Signed uh, Baysmore, that huge extension was foolish. Getting Dwight Howard here foolish. None of those either one of those things panned out the way he wanted them to, and they never had a chance to. If I'm sitting here saying that at the time, I don't
1: know why the hell he couldn't see that. He's not as smart as you, Graham. I guess not. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Well, that's a given. You're true to Atlanta. I'm true to Atlanta.
0: I understand how these things work. Mario <laughs> Williams, I knew it wasn't going to work. Dwight Howard, I knew it wasn't going to be some stud, even though I guess if you look at his blind stats, that weren't you know the surface stats weren't
1: terrible, but it was like. Did you say Dwight Howard? Yeah. I mean that was just uh, trying to make fans pretend we still cared about winning.
0: Well, I think you know it was, it's a big move. I think for for him at. The but time. after not bringing Horford back. Yeah, I mean you got to get a center, but it's sort of like. You don't have to now. I, I, guess, I don't know. It, it was... Of all the people you could have gotten, and you had some money to work with, why are you going to get him at this point, at this stage in his career? What He's not a
1: superstar player anymore. Try, trying to make fans think he is. It worked for like a few weeks.
0: He did have that big playoff game I went to against the Wizards, where he had like huge double-double and was clutched down the stretch. That was, mm. that was entertaining. But the other four games in the
1: postseason, he didn't do dick, so... <laughs> Um, I can't say I remember those playoffs too well. Yeah, those, they weren't very good. Well?
0: Yeah, I think we're just getting into the station here.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, your, your demeanor just uh, changed on me big time.
0: Well, I just started thinking of all these like blown things, these blown opportunities that we collectively as a, as a sports team
1: town city have to deal with and it's just well think think about the good ones Graham the Grady Jarrods finding him in the fifth, fifth round John Collins at 17 great pickup um, Herder looks like a good pickup at like 20 yep. something yep. um, keep going
0: you make me feel better
1: Ronald Acuna
0: Frank Run yeah thank you
1: um, keeping Freddie and tr- letting Hayward walk trading Hayward very smart like that could have really screwed us oh god um, Freddie would be on the Cubs with Rizzo and Bryant and just tearing it up. It is easy to remember the hard, the bad ones though. My yeah, my, my mind went to one season of JD Drew for oh god, fifth giving up fifteen seasons of Adam Wainwright. The
0: big thing about all of those things are is we still don't have anything to show for it. We still don't have the championship, minus the ninety five, minus the ninety five World Series. But those, all those things have nothing to do with it.
1: Um, yeah, I think the people know that we haven't won in a while, Graham. Yeah, minus Atlanta United. <laughs>
0: so, do you still were you ever in a honeymoon phase with that at all? With what? Atlanta United. What do you mean? Like the the, the winning the championship and feeling something? No, no. I was I was pleased for like two days, and I was like, all right,
1: cool. Well, people have kind of stopped talking about it too. Yeah, it's sort of just. Yeah, where, where are your flags at?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, if the Falcons won a Super Bowl, I'd be talking about that for the next ten years. I'd be wearing Falcons gear every fucking day. I'd have, I don't know. I'd, I'd be losing my mind. I'd probably get a tattoo of Frey the Falcons' face on my chest or something. Like I would, I would, I would do. I would go ape
1: shit. Here's my prediction on the Atlanta United. They're gonna become like Alabama fans uh, and get spoiled. Yeah. And then, like, any time they don't win a championship, they're disappointed.
0: Anytime they do, it's just like, yeah, that's expected. That's what we're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's my prediction. But we're still fans.
0: There you go. I think that wraps up today's – I don't know what word to use to describe this.
1: Mainly Falcons with just general – No, I mean – We touched on all the teams. We touched
0: on all the teams, but I'm trying to think of, like, one word to describe it.
1: Mm. I'm going to let you do that. Oh. <laughs> so we can't do rambling. General discussion. It's general
0: discussion. Atlanta sports. Mostly Falcons. That was terrible. <laughs> Let's quit lower behind. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you had a good holiday and a good, safe new year. Um, thank you for sticking with us. And we will talk to you all next week. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta.
1: Hospitality Sip. Sip.